5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, 94.3 The Game. Big props to you. You didn't pick the Jennifer Hudson version, did you? No, the one right, from like 2010, I did not. All right, here we go. Bump it up a little, Phil. You're a shooting star in all the years. No one knows just how hard you worked. But now it shows. In one shining moment, it's all on the line. In one shining moment, they're frozen in time. Look at you. R.I.P. Luther. Super Sky Point. All right, welcome in, everybody. We got the NCAA tournament. We're nearing the 30th tournament that he's stopped participated in. As I said yesterday, hope springs eternal with the hiring of a new basketball coach. He's advanced in the tournament. Tennessee knocked off Longwood today, 88-56, in a game they probably could have scored 120. Did you get a ch- I know you had some other things you were working on today. On my uh, side of things, it's been a wild schedule day and a little bit of a, uh, a, a crisis here or there that I you know, fire two to put out. So I didn't get to see as much of that as I wanted. But what I saw from Tennessee, they were they were on fire early, and then we're just walking it up the court at the end of the game. They could have, like I said, could have scored 120 easily. Uh, and then, well, Philip the Ralph Pilkington, Philip the Ref Pilkington, is uh, producing the show today. Uh, Ref, everything good? You good? Uh, it's good other than the fact that Carolina's winning. How about you? Yeah, I see that. They're up 11. Um, I'm well, and uh, thank you again yesterday. I know you didn't get a whole lot of uh, airtime uh, in, in the show yesterday, but you were an integral part behind the scenes. So, I appreciate uh, it. Again, again, thank you for the hard work you did yesterday. And Ben, Ben was excellent. So uh, you guys, uh, as always, are, are just the best. Um let me give you an update on what's going on. Of course, we told you Longwood advance out of the American Memphis, who at one point didn't look like they were going to make this tournament, advanced and they suffocated Boise today, holding them to 53 points, one by 11. You know, Memphis is playing the older guys now. There aren't a ton of them on that roster, but they're kind of going with the older guys, to, and they were committed on the defensive side. So uh, the Tigers advance on. Uh, games last night, Bryant and Wright State in the 16 versus 16 versus four game, and Wright State beat Bryant. What was the Bryant? Kind of a surly bunch, aren't they? They 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 didn't like any of the officials' calls. They they were flexing after shots. Not a, not a real likable bunch. That group of bulldogs, are they? Yeah, it looks like some uh, uh, kids out there playing on a blacktop. I th- they just didn't have a real good attitude about them. Um. Just, I mean, everything was, they couldn't believe, and, and they were, I don't know, just not a, not a, that was the program that the fans got into a big brawl with somebody, so. And then uh, Notre Dame in double overtime, Clip Rutgers, 
89-87 last night. Probably right now, at least the game of the tournament. One of the best games of the year, quite frankly. Uh, Providence in the uh, first round of four-seed advance today over uh, South Dakota State. The Jackrabbits, 66-57. Michigan rallied to beat Colorado State. Michigan punching their way through. You get what I did there, Philip? I do. Um, uh, they uh, win by 12. They actually, uh, that's an 11 over a 6, but I think a lot of people have t- taken Michigan. Uh, Baylor, no problem with Norfolk State today, 85-49. Uh, Goodwin right now going on in the uh, late stages of the game. Philip will update you on this in a bit. Uh, Richmond and Iowa, four-point game last I checked. Uh, and uh, Georgia State, the 16, hanging tough with Gonzaga, uh, the one. This game being played out in the uh, West Bracket in Portland, and it is a 23-all affair. Uh, Phillips Tar Heels leading Marquette. Yeah, okay. By double digits. Yeah, midway through the first. Uh, game's on tonight. We got New Mexico State and UConn. Oh, just UConn. It disgusts me to see UConn in there. Uh, that's at uh, 6.50. It's 7.10. Number two seed Kentucky and St. Peter's from Indianapolis. Uh, later on today also, Indiana Hoosiers who advanced out of the first four and St. Mary's. Uh, 8-9 game at 7.30 tonight. Creighton and San Diego State. Uh, it dawns on me I should probably be reading where these games are, are on the air. Somebody, uh, my good friend Joe Simmons, uh, renowned broadcaster, does a lot of HBCU uh, broadcast. Joe and I have worked together a couple times. Uh, great guy. And uh, let me look here. Joe put up a, a graphic that said what TV it was on today. Oh, that uh, graphic was awesome. It made it so easy to know exactly who's yeah. playing, when, yeah, where. So let me uh, let's pick up tonight then. Uh, oh, it's also got the over under. I love this. Now, does say what uh, region they're in, but uh, the way they space them out now, who cares? Uh, it is uh, seventeen and a half point favorite at least for Kentucky tonight over St. Peter's. That is on CBS at seven ten. Uh, that six fifty game with uh, UConn and New Mexico State at twelve seed. UConn, a six-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Uh, did we get to Creighton? Uh, Indiana and St. Mary's, 12-5 matchup there. St. Mary's out of the West Coast Conference with Gonzaga, their three-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, uh, uh, St. Mary's, Gonzaga, and San Francisco are all playing today out of the West Coast Conference. Wouldn't it be great if something, some, some just real tournament magic happened and all three of the West Coast Conference teams got beat? Um Creighton in an 8-9 game against San Diego State. San Diego State, the two-and-a-half-point favorite there. San Francisco and Murray State tonight on CBS. That'll be on at 940. Murray State, a point-and-a-half-point favorite there. That uh, San Diego State-Creighton game is on True TV, by the way. I'm all over the place with this. Uh, let me see here. Uh, nine, about 10 o'clock tonight. Kansas, the top seed against Texas Southern. Kansas, 21.5 point favorite there. That's on True TV. On TNT tonight at 9.20. Vermont and Arkansas, the 13-4 game. Arkansas, five-point favorite, the fight in Vance Jacksons. And uh, 9.50 tonight on TBS. Four-seed UCLA, who's probably a little overseeded or a little underseeded, excuse me, believe it or not, at a four against number 13, Akron, uh, the Zips. And Bruins and UCLA, a 13-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. So there you go. That's uh, that's that. We'll run through that again 
before the end of the show. We do got to kind of stay on uh, on a point here today. We got a lot of inventory, as it were, uh, in the uh, in the program today, and we've got uh, Brian Mull on with us. A lot of things to talk to Mull about. We'll get his reaction to the uh, hiring of Mike Swartz. We'll get his uh, thoughts on the. Uh, NCAA tournament, we'll talk a little Harold Varner III with him. So a lot to get to as far as that goes. Um, You've probably paid a lot more attention to this than I have. Uh, But uh, as we kind of talked about yesterday, Philip, the the sweepstakes for Deshaun Watson, um, expanded to four as of yesterday, correct? Yeah, now it sounds like he's ruled out the Browns in the recent moments, actually. I think Baker Mayfield has ruled out the Browns, also, has he not? He requested a trade about 25 minutes ago. Okay, so that's the latest there. Uh, there was reporting that Watson met with the Saints last night again. Atlanta, who is the player for Atlanta that posted something online this morning on Twitter? Oh, I'm not sure about that. I've been too focused on college basketball. Okay. Well, hang on here. Uh, there was a uh, a Falcons player who put a tweet up this morning. Kyle Pitts put the tweet up this morning. Uh, well, actually, it was uh, this afternoon. It just feels like this morning. At 1 o'clock. It's about to get scary in Atlanta with the emoji with the zipper, right? But then he took it down. Uh, Pitts and Watson do share the same agent. Our friend, the the great Jim Zoki, tweets, maybe the Falcons blew another big lead. That's good. I like that, Zoke. Maybe. What's the deal with Matty Ice? I mean, obviously, I guess you'd go with Watson over him, but could the Panthers get Matty Ice? I don't think we have the team to bring in a guy. He's got one year left on his contract. He's 36 or whatever. There's a rookie in 08, so whatever that ends up adding up to. I right. mean, why would you bring in a guy like that that's going to get you eight or nine wins and then kind of take you out of a position to get a good draft pick next year when you might get a quarterback if you don't take one this year? So you're in the camp. Let's not try to win any games this year because we can then get rid of Matt Rule and well, get a better draft pick. Is that I'm okay I'm drafting a quarterback this year, but if you don't take one this year, then yes, yeah, stink this year and, and go after one next year. I don't I don't want to do something that's going to like win eight games and then get you stuck in purgatory. Like I don't want to be like the Bills from you know 2000 or 99 to 2017 where they didn't make the playoffs once because they were like seven and nine every year. Right, I got you. Okay. In other words, they couldn't. They weren't good enough to make the playoffs. Not bad enough to move up in the. I got what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down there. Uh, I thought it was interesting. We got a lot of reaction. By the way, if you want to relive the magic of our shows yesterday, what uh, uh, really wasn't shows. It's one continuous show. We started at four. We brought you the uh, press conference live with our coverage. We brought you analysis from Cy Seymour. We had the exclusive one-on-one with John Gilbert, which I've got an excerpt here from. I'm going to play and comment on. Uh, but this is uh, Coach Swartz, and uh, and I asked him yesterday, kind of off the jump, when they opened it up to Q and A about what, uh, uh, you know, what the appeal was, and uh, that was uh, 
something he answered, but then he also made this statement, he made this very clear about uh, the fact that uh, he was going to see the Tennessee run through. We have worked really hard here at Tennessee to put ourselves in a position where we are right now heading into tomorrow's first-round game against Longwood. And so I have to be very clear, that is where all my focus is. That is uh, unequivocally, it is Longwood game tomorrow, and that is where I will be. The plan is for whenever the season culminates that I will be able to be in Greenville full-time. All right, so that was uh, Swartz yesterday. A couple bits of reaction I've gotten with texts, uh, emails, messages, calls uh, to me, and and that is, you know, the way he put it, I think people would have liked it if he'd said, hey, I wanted to see this through. But I, And he may have told the players this, you know, but I, I, I would, I'm going to be loyal to you guys after I, I, you know, I have loyalty to these players right now. Uh, some Pirate fans kind of picking nits maybe saying, you know, it was something he kind of reiterated a few times. There was one that, that said, well, maybe he was doing that more for the edification of the Tennessee media because there were Tennessee media members on that call yesterday. Uh, this is a lengthy cut. We'll get to it really quick here. John Gilbert, uh, in case you missed that uh, interview yesterday, happened around 530. This is what John had to say about, uh, I guess, the criticism that uh, there's just not been a whole lot of support uh, thrown towards basketball, uh, at least at the level you need to compete and win in the American. Over the last couple of years, we're, we're spending more money on ECU basketball than we ever have in the history of ECU basketball. And, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form implying that it's enough or, or that's all we're going to do. But uh, we, we are doing more. Um, obviously, if you look at the, the budgets – uh, in general, you know, what, what we spend on charter flights, uh, training table, you know, those types of things, they're coming out of a separate bucket, not necessarily the ECU basketball budget. And so as you look at that, uh, you know, you, you don't factor that number in. Uh, it, it certainly makes um, a difference. We can do more. Um you know, I need to do more. Uh, we, we need to engage our donors to help invest uh, in the basketball program more. All right, John Gilbert uh, there from yesterday. So that was the um, that was sort of the big uh, one of the big takeaways, uh, you know, yesterday. And that is an acknowledgement of John, not so much a commitment of we need to get spending up to where it needs to be. Uh Again, to the American. In other words, you don't need to be the, the lowest spending basketball program in the American. I don't think anybody has an expectation that it needs to be at the level Houston or Memphis does, or even Cincinnati does. But I, I think getting that number up is going to be paramount. And it's it's more than just money. There's also a commitment. We'll talk more about that. Have a full week of shows next week. i looking forward to that. Uh, we'll come back, have our pirate report. On our final show of this week, preempted by baseball tomorrow, Brian Mall still to come. We'll grab a break, come back, and uh, have our pirate report for you. So stay tuned. And action. Pirates. Oh, there. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. 
The P-Man. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game's Miracle Maker Radiothon is back. We believe in miracles. Thursday and Friday, March 24th and 25th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. We're teaming up with the Children's Miracle Network, supporting the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital at Vidant Medical Center. Call in your pledges to give the gift of growing up and ensure miracles keep happening in ENC. Thank you. Visit 943thegame.com now to make an early donation and learn more. With 94.3 The Game, caring for our communities. Hey, I want to tell you a little bit about Wilson Rose Heating and Air Conditioning. They've been in the keeping you comfortable business for 60 years on Hooker Road in Greenville. Steve Rhodes, second generation, gives each customer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Wilson Rose is an authorized train dealer, specializes in new installations, home replacement service agreements on all makes and models. Go online at wilsonroads.com for 0% financing options up to 60 months on qualifying equipment. To get the job done right, Wilson Rhodes in Greenville. You'll be comfortable in no time. An important message from Byram Healthcare. If you live with diabetes, you know how challenging and painful it can be to manage your blood sugar. With private insurance, Medicare, or Medicaid, that can all change. If you test your blood sugar four or more times a day and inject insulin three or more times a day, you may qualify to receive at little or no cost, less copays and deductibles, a continuous glucose monitor, providing blood sugar readings with no uncomfortable finger sticks. It alerts you in real time to potential spikes with your blood sugar levels. Byram Healthcare is a leading U.S. provider of continuous glucose monitors. We carry most major brands and will work with your insurance to get your benefits approved. So if you have diabetes, call a U.S.-based Byram Healthcare specialist now and see if you qualify. 800-914-2037. 800-914-2037. That's 800-914-2037. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Looking like Richmond may knock off Iowa at a 12-5. Fran McCaffrey never taking a team to the Sweet 16. All right, uh, Pirate Report. Tennessee winning earlier today. Uh, some more of the audio we did not get to yesterday from Coach Schwartz, the uh, new ECU basketball uh, mentor. And uh, he talked about uh, those who've helped get him to this point of where he's uh, ascended to the, the highest point he can really at the Tennessee program without being the head coach, uh, one of the most respected assistants in the country, associate head coach, and then uh, where he is now about to get his head, first head coach uh, job at the D1 level. This is uh, Coach Swartz on that. There's a lot of people that go in to this kind of, to have this kind of opportunities. It, it takes a village over many, many years. And former players, coaches, people that I've worked with, I, I couldn't even begin to start to talk about and name them all, but there are a few that I definitely want to, um, there are a few that I definitely want to make specific note of particularly some of the coaches that gave me opportunity to be an assistant coach for them. Tim Carter at UT San Antonio, uh, Frank Hate at the University of Miami, uh, Rodney Terry at Fresno State University. Then I went back with Frank Hate at the University of Tulsa. And last, but certainly not least, is uh, one of the most important people in my life is uh, Coach Barnes. 
Coach Barnes, I owe him everything. Um, and then he talked about uh, one of the great Pirates, the leading scorer in ECU history, Bobby Hodges. Uh, he talked about uh, meeting and uh, developing a relationship with Bobby Hodges. You know, Coach Barnes, I'll go back to him real quick. He's a North Carolinian, and he has often talked to me about the great history of East Carolina, the great history of the Pirates. Uh, I had a chance to actually meet and spend time with Bob Hodges, the all-time leading scorer there. And to me, that's very neat. It's kind of come back full circle. Uh, coach Barnes, coach when he was young, his college coach, and now he, you know, now for me to be here where uh, – Bob Hodges was such a legend and, and meant so much to the Greenville community. Uh, it's really neat for me. And, and um, one thing uh, Coach Hodges and Coach Barnes have always talked about is the great barbecue out there. So I can't wait. I told him uh, we need to get him out there. So uh, and I think he'll he'll take me up on that. So I'm excited about that. Bobby Hodges over 2000 points uh, in his ECU career. And you know what, Phil? He also played uh, football at East Carolina. Look at that. Two-sport athlete. Had had two touchdown passes, or excuse me, ten touchdown passes uh, his senior year. But he got drafted by the Warriors uh, back in the 50s. Instead, he went to the Air Force. Of course, a Kenston native. He was the commissioner of uh, North Carolina's DMV at one point. A uh, member of the State Hall of Fame, Athletics Hall of Fame. So just uh, cool stuff there. Hodges was huge for his day, like in stature. He was an All-American in both football and basketball. Um, let's go to four here really quick. No, no, uh, check that. Let's go to five here really quick. Uh, this is Coach Swartz, and he talked about East Carolina athletics as a whole. I am really fired up about Coach Houston and the Pirate football program. Coach McNeil and the women's basketball program, Coach Godwin and the baseball program. My daughter is a loves soccer and Coach Higgins and the soccer program. So I just can't wait to get to Greenville and get a chance to experience the awesome fan base and go to football games and baseball games and just be a part of the community. Just be a part of the ECU Pirate Athletics community. I, I want to make it better any way I can. And then he said it was a uh, no-brainer to come to East Carolina. I'll be honest with you. It was a no-brainer. It was an absolute no-brainer for me. I was already excited about it, as we talked about before or alluded to before. Coach Barnes being very familiar with East Carolina basketball. Bob Hodges, myself as a historian, knowing Blue Edwards and the great history of him and the program. But when... John Gilbert came and spent time with me and face-to-face, and he showed me his vision for what this university and what this basketball program can look like. I just was, uh, I was through the roof, and I was really fired up about the opportunity. He uh, also talked about uh, his visions of excellence on and off the court. And build the strongest possible program possible program that the expectations are comprehensive excellence. And that, again, is on the court, off the court. But you specifically asked about postseason. You specifically asked about the NCAA tournament. What has happened over the last 30 years has no bearing 
of what my vision is and our staff's vision will be for what can happen, hopefully sooner than later. And again, he addressed the situation with Tennessee still playing. So here is uh, that uh, from this round of uh, cuts. Obviously, the situation we're in right now is is a little unique. It's different than, than the norm. Um, and we have worked really hard here at Tennessee to put ourselves in a position where we are right now heading into tomorrow's first round game against Longwood. And so I have to be very clear. That is where all my focus is. Um, all right. So those are some of the comments there on the uh, pirate report. I guess we have time for this other one so we can get to it here. Um, and what, what would bring him or I guess someone to want to coach somewhere, I guess asking somewhere else, uh, especially as, as good of a team as Tennessee has. So let's hit that really quick. Since uh, we, we had that cut on the roster here, uh, let's uh, let's get to that, and then we'll wrap up uh, this round of cuts here. You know, I, I've had aspirations of, of being a head coach for, for a while now, and I've been fortunate enough to, whether it be involved with head coaching positions or have opportunities to speak with people about coaching positions over the last few years. And – Anytime as a coach, you're looking for your first opportunity to be a head coach, there's certain things that you always look at. Uh, you're always going to ask yourself questions. And the first question being the leadership. You're always going to look at what the leadership of the university. You're going to look at the alignment between the leadership, the campus side and the athletic side. You're going to look, is it a place your family can be happy? Is it a, fl- a place that your children, your wife, family will be excited to call home the support of the program uh what the fan base the support the community uh all right uh b baby byron has walked in here sup b baby what's happening i was gonna do the always anonymous text line here um let me do something off of that first always anonymous text line and again, I'm getting a lot of this. I know the coach is excited about the NCAA tournament, but is it the guy's future at ECU? Maybe I'm looking at this wrong. Look, again, I, there, this is a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. There's two things here that are at play, in my opinion. Uh, you had to go ahead and move quick on this. There, there was no... There was no waiting to the end of the tournament. There was no, because, I mean, this this guy's stock would go up. This was the guy you wanted. And, look, I'll commend John Gilbert for not, you know, going through the formality just to stroke some egos and assemble a, uh, a you know, a, a special group, uh, an advisory committee, and, and not wasting the money to go hire a search firm. He knew who he wanted. He went out and got him, did the deal, got it done quickly. Now, part of that, this is an unusual circumstance, is, um, the, you know, obviously they've advanced on to the round of 32, and you have to wait for that to happen. The, the risk there is not so much. Uh, you won't have time to assemble a staff because I guarantee you Swartz has already got guys he's talked to about this job to come with him to Greenville. And he has more than just, I mean, there's there's a list of guys. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll even say that, you know, as far as getting in, it's not like it, it, the situation, it's certainly not like the situation Joe Dooley took. It's really not like the situation Jeff Lebo took over. 
program was in shambles when Lebo took it over. I mean, he had no oomph, no no anything about it. And Lebo wasn't my cup of tea, but, you know, good X and O guy. Took advantage of some of the players that were uh, in here and some of the talent that was in and, and molded them together. And, of course, they won a game in April. No other ECU basketball coach could say that. Um, and then, you know, the, the academic things really were left untended to. The APR, when Dooley came in, was in horrendous shape. And so the last two coaches have taken over a program at various points, but, but just not in great shape. Let's face it, by the end of the Lebo run, it wasn't like they were brimming with a lot of talent. I think there's more talent right now. The key is, can, can you retain them? Can you keep them? Will everybody hit the portal? That is not unheard of in this situation. I don't think everybody would be able to do it without having to sit out. But, I mean, there could be a, a situation where everybody kind of transfers out. I mean, you could get exemptions and stuff, and I, and I think the NCAA will hand those out liberally again. I don't think the NCAA is going to deny a player that's maybe already transferred once if there's been a coaching change from, from being able to finish and play, especially if they have some time left to play. So I, we'll just we'll have to see. I think from that standpoint, that but I, I'm sure Coach Swartz will be in touch with players constantly and will respond to any concerns they have. But the players have no loyalty to, to him, and you kind of have to know that when you go into the situation. Ben, you are going to be on the always anonymous text line, you know. So, I'm not going to I'm not going to read everything you were I going to put. I thought I had a pretty good point. Real quick, you want who? What What was your point? I went Gardner Minshew because I feel like he's got a will to win. He's going to be cheap, and you can spend that money on the offensive line. He reminds me of Jake Delhomme, just in terms of his fact he's going to will you to win. And uh, when you look at his tenure in Jacksonville. Despite everything going on around him, he played to the best of his ability. And he had a better rookie season than Trevor Lawrence did, in my opinion. So I think well, now, that's a move for sure. The problem is is that he's still under contract, and you got to give up some draft capital, and we don't necessarily have that. In fairness, Lawrence had to play for Urban Meyer, in fairness. And we all knew that was going to be a disaster, right? Right? True. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. All right. Hey, are you tired of working on weekends? Maybe you're fed up with working too many hours, bored with your job. Maybe you want to make more money in a new career. Victra is the largest independent retailer for one of the nation's largest cellular providers. And Victra's Greenville Contact Center is in the process of hiring. In fact, they want to hire 35 people this week. Victra has open positions for consumer sales, business-to-business sales, Retail store support, customer care and operations support. Fabulous benefits that include commission potential, paid face-to-face training, medical, dental, vision, paid time off, a 50% discount on your wireless bill, access to wages prior to payday, 401k matching. You can earn top dollar while working in a fun environment with motivated professionals, Victra. At a hiring event this week, but they're still taking applications. In fact, you can apply now online. They want to hire 35 folks this week. And that uh, web address is pit-jobs.com. Pit is in Pitt County-jobs.com for Victor. Brian Mole will talk some hoops. We'll talk some more uh, about uh, Swartz with him. And we will talk with uh, Mull about HB3. 
after Philip, the ref Pilkington, has a 94-3 The Game Sports update. Philip. Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Sports update. Starting in the NFL, Baker Mayfield has requested a trade from the Cleveland Browns as talks get ramped up about where Deshaun Watson will land. Moving on to college basketball, ECU hired Tennessee assistant Mike Schwartz yesterday, and he talked about what attracted him to East Carolina. Specifically to ECU, Patrick, is this. Great conference. Great, great basketball conference. I believe it's a great location. I think when you talk about the eastern part of North Carolina and its accessibility to players, its access, accessibility up 95, down 95, I think it's a very enticing place to be able to have student athletes and their families want to come see and be a part of. Round of 64 action is going on in the NCAA tournament. Earlier today, Michigan knocked off Colorado State. Providence was victorious over South Dakota State. Memphis out of the American Athletic Conference knocked off Boise State. Baylor cruised past Norfolk State. Same thing with Tennessee over Longwood. Richmond just finished up a huge upset over five-seeded Iowa. Right now, the Zags only lead Georgia State by two at the halftime break, and that a team with the baby blue from down the road is handily handing it to Marquette right now by a score of 51-23. to That'll do it for your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. Brian Mole joins the P-Man after this timeout. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day, you need to tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Texas Roadhouse in Greenville is happy to support the community. At Texas Roadhouse, they not only want to be your favorite restaurant, they also want you to know they love this community and love supporting it. From providing food for charity golf tournaments to their school support programs, Texas Roadhouse is there when the Greenville community needs them. Also, it doesn't hurt that their food is awesome. Steaks, ribs, chicken, you name it, it's legendary. Texas Roadhouse, Southwest Greenville Boulevard, Greenville. Dogwood State Bank is changing the landscape of community banking. That term community banking is not just a catchy slogan for Dogwood State Bank. They're really defining what it means to bank local. Big banks may want big business, but Dogwood State Bank wants your business, no matter what size. At Dogwood State Bank, your business is big business. Come to Dogwood State Bank and you'll see the difference. Dogwood State Bank with offices in Greenville, Moorhead City, Wilmington, Raleigh, Sanford, and Charlotte. Your vehicle packs a load of safety features to protect you in an accident. At North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance, it's our job to protect you just as well after an accident. With fast claim service from local agents, our auto coverage is a lot like an airbag. We hope you never need to use it, but we're right there and ready just in case you do. North Carolina Farm Bureau Insurance. Helping you is what we do best. North Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company. Farm Bureau Insurance of North Carolina Inc. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company. An independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. In Greenville, contact your local Farm Bureau agent for a quote for your car, home, life, or your health. You'll be working with neighbors you can trust. People like Bill King, Jake Allen, or Jack Metz. These agents are dedicated to protecting your family 
family and your dreams. These Farm Bureau agents are knowledgeable in a wide range of insurance products, but they are also tuned in to the Greenville community. Again, contact Bill King, Jake Allen, or Jack Metz today at Farm Bureau Insurance in Greenville, 252-756-3165. That's 252-756-3165. The 25th Music for Miracles Radiothon is March 24th and 25th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Call in your support to help sick and injured children being treated at James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital at Vidant Medical Center. 100% of the money stays right here in Eastern North Carolina to help sick and injured kids. Doctors, nurses, and all the staff help to make miracles happen for the tiniest of babies who are born prematurely, kids who have diseases like cancer, and kids who get in accidents. It's nice to know we have such an incredible hospital here in Eastern North Carolina to meet the unique health care needs of sick kids, but they need specialized equipment and other services that you can help provide. We need your help. Please call in your support to 1-800-673-KIDS or text ENC Kids to 51555 and 100% of your gift will benefit James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital. You can also give today by clicking the donation link on 1079wnct.com. Together, we can change kids' health and change the future. Thank you. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. We still got another 25 minutes. No response, all right. Sorry, I was I was looking at the uh, the music. What were you saying? It's got 25 minutes. No, yeah. What? It's not the conclusion of the show. Oh, was that what played? Oh, I didn't even see that. I can't. Well, there you go. Attention to detail. Um, Philip was uh, probably all geeked up because I was gonna get him to talk about Barkley here. The thing is, this with Barkley, he's in the commercials that are. I mean, are not really that funny. What's funny is Barkley. Like being relied on as an expert. And I love Chuck. Or like trying to actually know something about these teams. So I'll, I'll bring Brian Mullen to talk about it. We'll get to the games in a minute. We'll get to Mike Schwartz in a minute. The, I'll give Barkley credit here. He does not profess to be an expert. Kenny, who also knows equally nothing. Nothing about any of these teams. And, and I just could have stopped there when I said nothing. But I kept on. Um, at, at least he isn't on their... Barkley, like Kenny, try, Kenny tries to be an expert and, and this is not, is not. Chuck doesn't profess to be an expert. It's just funny, though. It's always funny to me. It's He's funnier in that role than in the commercials where he's supposed to be funny. Am I wrong on this, Small? Um, I like the commercial with Sue Bird and Larry Bird. I haven't seen That's that. been a nice addition to the template. Okay. Is Barkley in that one? I think he is. Yeah. Got to be. He's yeah, a he's good addition one. this year. He's in conflict. They're, they're in everything. It's just it's going on and on. Um, all right, so here we are. Already a couple of uh, upsets. Uh, before we get into that, uh, the the hiring of Mike Swartz as ECU's basketball coach. Brian, you talked to coaches near and far all around the country, head coaches, high major, mid major, low major, assistant coaches at all levels. What's the what's the basketball community's response to this? And then what's your analysis based on? what you've uh, divulged and, and seen and heard. 
Yeah, I, I would think that uh, there were a lot of people that felt like Schwartz was in line for, for a head coaching job at, at some point. Uh, I would say the uh, the response has uh, not has kind of been in the middle, honestly. Uh, not necessarily this is a home run hire, but certainly a lot of people who have confidence that he can come in and uh, you know do a good job. Uh, it's you know it's always difficult when 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 you hire a coach, a new coach. Uh, I mean, at a program that hasn't had a tremendous amount of tradition, uh, you know, there's probably less than a 50% chance that it's going to work out to begin with. And then when you hire a coach who has never been a head coach, I would say that decreases even further. So um, I was uh, interested to hear about his recruiting in North Carolina, which was uh, certainly going to be a big part of uh, his job going forward, being able to, to develop some relationships. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes to fruition and uh, what the roster looks like uh, in the immediate future. The thing is this when it comes to recruiting North Carolina, in my mind, um, not everybody, and I mean, I'm sorry fans at Kinston, I'm sorry fans at South Central, I'm sorry fans at Farmville, great programs, great basketball players, college basketball players do come out of those programs, but not everybody that ever has dribbled a ball that goes on to college could play in the American. They just can't. It's, it's not a knock right. on anybody. They just can't. But aren't you better off taking a, a chance to a degree or at least getting in there with a guy who maybe is headed to maybe like a, a Sunbelt or Big South and, and would be a pretty good player there, bringing him into your program, trying to develop him? In other words, take a shot on the local kid because maybe that does bring a little bit of goodwill. And, I mean, you also – not saying they can't play. I mean, there's, there's, there's kids who, who can't can't play at this level in those programs. I mean, again, no offense. But, I mean, I, you couldn't convince me Shaikim Phillips couldn't have been on, the, especially those versions of ECU teams in Joe's first uh, couple additions. You, you can't convince me he couldn't have been a, 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 an upgrade of about everybody, anybody on the roster at the time. I, I agree with that statement completely. I mean, I think he'll emerge, as, and already has, as one of the better players in the CAA and would have certainly been uh, someone who you could put in the game, in, a, in an American game, and would have been just fine. You know, I hearken back as far as the in-state guys to the old Wake Forest. You know, going way back, Dave Odom, like he was a master at finding Bladen County, Hopton, you know, small school players who uh, were maybe considered marginal ACC players who would come there and develop and uh, within their career, you know, end up as a starter and a very, very significant contributor. And uh, a lot of what Schwartz talked about yesterday when he met with the media on uh, online was his ability to develop players. And, uh, you know, to his credit, if you look at not necessarily this Tennessee team, because uh, this is, this is a pretty talented group with a, a little bit more McDonald's All-American type flavor. But when you look back at some of the teams uh, they had two, three years ago, and, you know, a lot of those guys did not come in extremely highly touted. And uh, when they left, you know, they were, they were a very solid SEC program and, uh, you know, NCAA tournament caliber team. So I think he's going to have to be able to do that to be successful at East Carolina. The, the player development is, is huge and, uh, you've got to recruit your backyard, you know, because sometimes even if you take a guy that's, let's say, marginal on the front end, well, a couple of years down the road, there may be someone who is certainly good enough for your level and maybe even good enough to play 
in the ACC, which, you know, there's a fine line there really between uh, talent, but um, maybe you get him because of the goodwill you've built up and the good, the good situation and the good, re- good relationships you've built out of that. Look, there have been players at Farmville. There have been players at Kinston, South Central. That's just naming the three kind of preeminent programs uh, in the East. But, I mean, there's players from the triangle on East, border to border, that uh, you could have uh, probably gotten in this program. And they could have been – they'd have been excited to play here. They, I, I just – I think that's – you got to really fan out and go to those places. Uh, it, it, yeah, in he, my seems, opinion, he seems very enthusiastic about doing that. And um, yeah. I think that that should be a priority of his for sure. All right, we got Brian Mull, college basketball writer, part of Joe Lenardi's team this year. If you're reading up on the uh, teams before the NCAA tournament, before you filled out your bracket through Lenardi's service there at ESPN, Mull wrote the vast majority of those articles and little nuggets uh, uh, provided. And, uh, of course, uh, Caddy Network, other outlets as well, will be going to the Masters in a few weeks covering that again. All right, uh, anything from today that has uh, stood out? I mean, certainly – you mentioned Tennessee. They could have scored 120. They kind of took the foot off the accelerator in the second half. But uh, anything well, – how about Memphis today, knocking off Boise? You know, that was one uh, – it's that 8-9 game, uh, Memphis the 9. But uh, I, I thought the Tigers looked locked in today. And if that's the case, they're going to be trouble. Yeah, there's two teams that both won today that uh, were kind of forgotten about for a vast majority of the regular season. But if you flash all the way back to October and November, and, you know, people always want to dismiss the preseason, but generally in the preseason, we're ranking teams based on talent not, not, not have, or and experience, not having any idea always how that's going to come together. Memphis was in some circles considered a Final Four potential team because of their talent, and Richmond was considered the favorite to win the A-10 and a team that could possibly make it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament because they had five proven, you know, 2,000 and 1,000-point scores. And so I think both those teams hit some bumps in the long season, and uh, Memphis had a few injuries and had to figure out their roster, and Richmond had to decide that defense was important. And you've seen those two things happen here in the last couple of weeks with both those teams. Memphis's performance today didn't surprise me at all the way they played over the latter stages you know, they ran into Houston a couple times, but other than that, um, you know, they were, they were terrific. And, uh, and, you know, I think there's very scary seed for, for Gonzaga in that next game. If, if the Zags are able to survive this first round game. Well, you say that because as we start the second half, uh, two point game, Gonzaga leading Georgia state, uh, at the half 35, 33 UNC up, uh, by 28 at halftime over Marquette. I mean, shock is smart. You talk about stock falling. Uh, it didn't work out at Texas, stayed ahead, went to Marquette, uh, which seemed to be maybe a better fit. I, I didn't think so, but, but I know you did. And, I mean, right now that group's getting boat raced by a meh Tar Heel team. I think he did a good job um, with this team this, to get them to the tournament, and I was a little surprised by their seed. But I'll be honest, I don't follow the Big East quite as closely as some other conferences. But I was a little surprised that they were seated, you know, on the on that eight nine line. And uh, look, I mean, Carolina's got some four and five star guys. They've got an All American in Baycott. Um, there's talent on that roster, and yeah. uh, kind of the same thing. I mean, something clicked for them in the last month of the season. Uh, their overall, you know, when you look back at some of their performances in November and December, it was hard for anybody to be excited about their chances. But uh, 
they've certainly played their best basketball here over the last five or six weeks since since they got beat pretty badly at Wake Forest and uh that's continued and, and, and again they're going to be another very difficult matchup uh you know in the second round that the number one seed does not want to face. College hoop scribe Brian Mole, give me an idea of uh, any of the games remaining tonight that were are worth people's attention uh or anything tomorrow that's worth keeping an eye on. Well, um, I think when you, you know, certainly flash forwarding to tomorrow when you look at the Greenville, South Carolina pod where you have three coaches who've between them won about 2,500 games, uh, that's pretty cool, pretty special. Uh, certainly the Bob McKillop, uh, Tom Izzo matchup. Uh, between them, they have 1,299 career victories, so that'll wow. be number 1,300 tomorrow. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the pod that I've got my – Got my eye on the most for sure, and uh, I'm interested to see what Kansas looks like. I think Kansas is, even though they're a one seed, I don't think they've received a lot of love. But you know, they got Remy Martin back. He's the guy that was injured most of the year. He played 20 minutes in their last game, and they may be as as strong as they've been and healthy as they've been all season as well. Any upsets tomorrow? Uh, Miami USC. You know, the U's a 10 seed coming in. Got a 10-7 matchup also with Loyola Chicago. And uh, Ohio State, a lot of people kind of like Yale over Purdue. Uh, you know, again, I think you got to feel good if you're opposing Purdue. You look down and you see Matt Painter down the sideline. So anytime that happens, you got to feel good about that if you're the opposing coach. Uh, you got, I, I think Notre Dame, uh, we'll see how much gas they have in the tank, but, you know, they're scary what they can do offensively. Chattanooga's solid. Yep. You know, you got Illinois to four. So, uh, any anything you're looking at tomorrow that uh, a little bit of a an upset UAB Houston's a twelve five with the Cougars at five. I like Notre Dame. Uh, I, I I felt like they would get past Rutgers. I didn't realize it would go uh, there's a couple of overtimes, but uh, I, I like them because of their offense and their experience. And this Alabama team has just been so up and down all year. Uh, I could see them, uh, you know, having a bad night and Notre Dame being able to kind of control that game. I think UAB is a very dangerous opponent. For Houston, uh, I wouldn't bet you know against Kelvin Sampson in March because he knows what he's doing. But uh, so does Andy Kennedy over there on the other sidelines, and I think that will be uh, a very dangerous game for the Cougars. And then you know when you look at uh, well, I mean when you look at like uh, Arkansas, which is mm-hmm. later tonight, like mm-hmm. that's pretty good Vermont. That's a pretty good Vermont team. You know, I don't know that they're athletically, you know, gifted enough to to hang with the Razorbacks because the Razorbacks well, they can will spread you out and shoot you. it, can't they? They can spread you out and shoot it, can they not? But they can make some shots, and those teams yeah. that scare coaches because uh, you know, ten, twelve threes drop in, and all of a sudden anybody can beat anybody. So uh, I think uh, that's a that's a very dangerous squad up there in Vermont. They're they're used to winning. You know, they they, they win twenty five plus games a year. Just uh, nothing but gut here and a little bit of research, but uh, Uncle Patty likes all the tens tomorrow. Uh, Loyola over Illinois, Miami over USC, and I like Davidson over Michigan State tomorrow. The tens over the sevens tomorrow. I think that's the big double seed uh, update uh, or upsets tomorrow. All right, uh, we actually are probably going to go to the final uh, moment here. So, Philip, let me know when we're at fifty-three fifty or closing in on it. Uh, we'll just go with Mole here. Okay, well, just let me know. Let me know. I, I, don't, I don't need a. A, a, a presentation. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this. For, for the Night Owls tonight, uh, uh, San, yeah. San, San Francisco and Murray State. Oh, that'll be a good game. Mid-major yeah. battling, but it's a pretty yeah. late tip, but it's worth staying up for. There, if you want, there's a lot of talent on the court, and, and 
potential NBA talent on both those teams. Well, 940, and that's on uh, CBS. So there you go. Uh, Murray State, a point and a half favorite in that one last check. All right. Uh, so we'll go to 5450 here, Mull. I want to get a little golf here, Brian Mull. Uh, Harold Varner, uh, big finish for him uh, at the players. Uh, and Harold's uh, cashed some checks here over the last uh, month or so. He's had a pretty good run. He's uh, going to be able to keep that, that little boy in uh, anything he needs. Uh, you know, diapers, whatever, uh, his, his newborn son and uh, a couple of million dollars in the bank. And, um, you know, just playing terrific. I thought to come back on Sunday from the way that he, uh, you know, triple bogey in the 17th hole in the first round and then just to come back and, uh, or Monday as it was and just to finish strong, you know, I mean, he, if Harold could have hold a few more putts, he really could have been in the mix uh, to win the tournament. But his ball striking held up over the over the course of the tournament, and uh, you know he's that that's just another big step for him. I mean, finishing sixth there is uh, you know against that caliber field has to give him a lot of confidence, and uh, especially the way that he played somewhat in contention in the final round. Uh, that's something he can build on, and you know I thought he looked. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good, you know. I mean, a little nervous maybe with the putter a few times, but I thought he looked he looked pretty pretty relaxed well, and uh, and engaged. If if you're playing for your fair share of twenty million, I might you might have a little bit of the shakes. You may, you may. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You're a little little on edge. What did he make uh, there, real quick? Six hundred seven six seventy five. Yeah, not a bad day at the office. Hey, let me ask you this: uh, his his prospects for the Masters, what are they? Give me an idea of what he's what he's where he is and what he's got to do real quick. He's currently inside the top fifty. He's in a good position. Uh, he needs to remain inside the top fifty after the match play tournament, uh, which is next week, and mm-hmm. um, he's in the field for that. That's the top sixty four. Of course, there's been a few withdrawals, so I mean, he's certainly well inside the field there. And uh, you know, if he could if he could get out of his pod and get into the final 16, I, w- I would think that would lock it up, and he may not even need to do that. But um, he's in a good spot to play in his first Masters here uh, just in a few weeks, which is pretty cool. Gotcha. Hey, Brian Mull, follow him at BG Mull on Twitter. You can catch, out all, uh, catch up with all of his work there. He's following every uh, tournament going on during college basketball. He's also following uh, all the uh, golf, so you can follow him uh, there and keep up with everything. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, uh, Brian. Take care, man. Thanks, Patrick. Take care. All right, there he goes, Brian Mull. Big thanks to him for joining us here today. Uh, no show tomorrow. We'll have East Carolina baseball uh, coming your way and uh, all three games of the series this weekend against uh, College of Charleston can be heard right here on 94.3, the game with Scooter and Coach O. All right, thanks to uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington, also to Mull and uh, Ben Byron for his cameo. Uh, we'll be back Monday, the fresh show, back on the air tomorrow on Talk of the Town. Tune in for that if you'd like. And we will catch you uh, on Monday here in this time slot. Have a great weekend, everybody, and enjoy the March Madness. We know you.
you have a choice of wireless carriers. And while the other guys may limit your choice of free phones, at U.S. Cellular, you can choose any phone from any brand for free. Plus, get unlimited data for just $30 a month with four lines. U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store.